Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by community pastor John Ferguson as we conclude the series, How to Get Through What You're Going Through. For more information, please visit us online at communitychristian.org. Also, if you need prayer, we invite you to text PRAY to 630-793-6399. One of our prayer team members is standing by and ready to pray for you. Remember, you can always find us online at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Welcome to Community Online. My name is Sherry Banky, and I serve as the community pastor at our Lincoln Square location. I'm thrilled that you've chosen to join us today as we celebrate God together. For those of you who are new to community, let me be the first to say welcome. We are so glad you found us online. Today, we're gonna to conclude our series, How to Get Through What You're Going Through. This week, Community's co-founding pastor, John Ferguson, is going to help us see how we can respond to the challenges we're going through. Let's prepare our hearts to hear what God wants us to hear as John brings us today's message. Hello, Community family. My name is John Ferguson. I'm one of the pastors here at Community. And today we are one church, but not just 11 locations in Chicagoland. We're actually thousands of locations all over the world. And so I'll tell you what, if you would, uh, let us know where you're from. Type in the chat room your location, your city, or your neighborhood. It's kind of fun to see where everybody is coming from today. So be sure and do that. Again, it's great to be here. You know, I think we can all agree that uh, life doesn't always work out the way we plan, does it? You know, there's a lot about this week that I didn't plan. I didn't plan to be at my house 24-7. You know, I didn't plan to spend endless hours on Zoom conference calls. And I didn't plan to get addicted to Tiger King. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, forget that I ever said the words Tiger King. But did you ever plan something great and things just not go according to your plan? Ever have that happen? Uh, just a few years ago, my wife, Lisa, and I, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary with a trip to Italy, and we had an incredible time. It was a, a beautiful location, great place to be. Uh, we've been sightseeing nonstop for several days, and we were super tired. I, I know you feel sorry for me. Uh, so we decided to sleep in on our second day in Rome. And then at about seven o'clock in the morning, my phone started to vibrate and I sort of cleared my eyes and, and looked at the phone and it was my son, Graham, and he wanted to FaceTime. Well, I quickly realized that if it was seven in the morning in Rome, that meant it was like midnight in Chicago where he was. And I knew that was not good. And so as I cleared my eyes and got on FaceTime, I could see that my son was standing near a busy intersection in downtown Chicago. I think it was the corner of Washington and LaSalle. And the first words out of his mouth were these. He said, dad, everyone is okay, but I totaled the car. And this is what the car actually looked like. He started sending me pictures. You can imagine I was completely startled. And suddenly, of course, I was wide awake. He told me that a, a driver had struck him broadside at this intersection, and, and actually everyone was okay, but he felt ter terrible about what happened, and he kept apologizing for weeks after that. And like any you know, loving father, I said, hey, Graham, don't worry about it. It was just an accident that cost us thousands of dollars. <laughs> but you know, life doesn't always work out the way we plan, does it? You know, out of nowhere, life can, can throw us a curveball. We find ourselves, I think, in situations we certainly didn't ask for, and we absolutely never wanted. And my guess is that maybe you feel that way today. You know, as we're in the midst of this COVID-19 crisis, I can tell you, this is not how I planned April of 2020. 
And you know, in this series, we've been talking about how we navigate challenging seasons, those times when we experience suffering, when unexpected things happen that, that you know, kind of throw us for a curve. And we're asking this question, and it's this, how do we get through what we're going through? How do we get through what we're going through? We talked about how our spiritual journey usually involves three phases of faith. And the first phase is what we call a confident faith. And in this confident faith, it's when you first find your way back to God and your faith is fresh and and obedience seems to lead to instant blessings. Gratitude seems to abound. That's the first phase. And then the last phase is what we call a living faith. And, you know, a living faith is a deep and abiding faith. It's, it's not crushed by circumstances. And I think this is the faith that we all want. But in order for us to get from a confident faith to a living faith, we actually have to experience what we're calling a challenged faith. And this challenged faith will move us from a confident faith to a living faith. And we call it a challenged faith because in those times, it just sort of feels like maybe our prayers are kind of hitting the ceiling, We wonder if God is listening or how in the world he is going to get us through whatever it is that we might be going through. So no doubt for many of us, this is a season of challenged faith. And so we're wrestling with this question. How will we respond to this season of challenged faith? How will we respond to this COVID-19 crisis? How will we get through uh, the pain, the isolation, the loneliness, the unanswered questions? And here is why I think this matters so much. You see, our response to this season of challenged faith is crucial because it could determine whether or not we ever develop a living faith. Think about that. This season of challenged faith is crucial because it could determine whether or not we ever experience a living faith. You know, we've been looking at the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery into the promised land. But that journey from Egypt to the promised land takes the nation of Israel on a long and treacherous path through the desert. And that was certainly a season of challenged faith for the Israelites. Of course, the desert is not the place where they thought they would be. It's not what they had in mind when they heard the word rescue. But you know what? I would guess that many of us feel like we're in a desert right now. Aren't we all sort of wondering how in just a matter of days, life seems so much different than it did just a few weeks ago? And so we have all sorts of questions, maybe even doubt God's goodness, wondering why in the world would he even allow this to happen? And let me just tell you, if that's you, uh, you're not alone. Well, back to our story of Moses and the nation of Israel. Uh, Let me ask you, do you you ever flip to the back of the book to find out how the story ends before you read the entire book? I do that sometimes. And that's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna go to Deuteronomy, the fifth book in the Old Testament, chapter 34. And we're jumping to the end of the story where Moses has actually been leading the children of Israel through the desert for 40 years. I mean, imagine wandering in the desert for 40 years, a whopping 40 years. I mean, that's like my entire life. Well, not quite my entire life. Add, you know, maybe a few years. You know, here in Chicago, we've been under this stay-at-home order for almost four weeks. And I know for many of you, especially the extroverts, it feels like four years. But after 40 years in the desert, the Israelites are about to enter the promised land. And, and look what happens. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Mediterranean Sea. 
Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. Now imagine with me what that must have felt like for Moses. I mean, there he sits at the top of Mount Nebo. He has an incredible view of the promised land. He could see for miles. I mean, after all these struggles, all these hard times, all these difficulties, all this challenge, all this pain, God is finally about to give him the land that he promised. I mean, I can imagine him just, you know, sitting on the edge of that mountain and overlooking this this incredibly beautiful land that was going to be the nation of Israel's. You know, it's interesting, when, my, my, when I was a kid, my parents traveled to Israel. They stood right there on Mount Nebo, and they brought back uh, from there a rock, and it had this felt on it that said, Mount Nebo, the place where Moses stood and looked over the promised land. Kind of wondered if that rock was illegal or not, them taking that, but anyway. Here's Moses, he's overlooking the land that God had promised Israel, and then God says this to Moses. He's right there on the edge of the promised land. He's overlooking it. And here's what God says to Moses. He says, I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. I've let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab. I mean, wait a second. That's not how the story's supposed to end. I I know that's not how Moses had it dreamed up or how he thought it would play out. I mean, he's come all this way. He's put so much into it and then he doesn't get to enjoy the land God promised. And I don't know about you. I I just don't like this part of the story. And I don't like it when my plans don't go as I laid them out in my life either. So how about you? What in your life hasn't gone as you've planned? What in your life hasn't gone as you planned? I mean, what desert experience are you trying to make sense out of? What are you going through that you never asked for, you never ever wanted? Maybe it's this right now. I mean, this whole crisis. You know, some friends of mine, they they had a destination wedding planned coming up here in just a few weeks. It was gonna be incredible. They'd planned for months. Not now. Another friend of mine, he works in the hospitality industry and he's one of the sharpest young leaders, promotion after promotion after promotion. But not now. And now some of us likely know someone with the virus. And so it's, it's easy to kind of wonder what the future holds. And let's be honest, I mean, many of us long before COVID-19 were already going through some really, really tough stuff, right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just take a minute, uh, maybe use the notes tab under the chat room or write down on a piece of paper, what is the desert that you're going through? What is the challenge that you're facing right now? The pain or suffering that you are enduring? Put that in the notes or, you know, if you feel comfortable, go ahead and write it down in the chat room. I mean, what is it about life that just doesn't seem fair? You know, if we back up a bit in the story of Moses and the Israelites, we discover this isn't the first time they stood on the brink of the promised land. 
Uh, 40 years earlier, they were also right there in the same position. They'd only walked through the desert for a little bit of time at that point, but they'd already had you know, their ups and downs with each other and with God. But even so, they were still poised to enter the land. And so Moses selects 12 people and sends them off to spy the land that God was to give them. And they explore the land for 40 days, but they return with, well, mixed reviews. And if you look at this section of scripture, you'll find that some told of a you know, land flowing with milk and honey, an incredible, beautiful land. While others told of powerful people and fortified cities that they were sure would outmatch the nation of Israel. And so what happens? The people don't follow God and they decide not to go into the land. Now, of course, God forgives them, but they continue to wander in the, de- in the desert for 40 years, one year for every day that they explored the land. And so as I think about Moses, an elderly man, days away from death, standing right on the edge of this mountain, about to enter into the promised land, it seems so unfair that he doesn't get to go in. I mean, after all he'd been through, all the suffering he'd endured, he doesn't get to experience the blessing. But I think this story bothers me because it forces us to face an incredibly uncomfortable question. A personal question. What if I'm never delivered from whatever it is that I'm going through? What if I never receive what I long for and pray for? What if getting through what I'm going through doesn't have the happy ending that I've played out in my mind? What then? And see, I think those questions haunt us because without a resolution, we feel like we're left with empty answers to the question, why do we suffer? Why do we suffer? And that may be the hardest part of the pain right there is is this, not understanding why. And I bet that you've asked your own version of the why question over the past several weeks. And and let's be honest, I mean, sometimes we suffer because of our own poor decisions, right? I mean, there's been plenty of times when I made bad choices, I had to face the consequences of those choices. Moses and the people of Israel, they ended up in the desert for 40 years because they disobeyed God. Sometimes we suffer due to other people's decisions. Maybe it was a parent or a, or a spouse who walked out. Maybe it was a friend who let you down. I don't know. Maybe it was a child who broke your heart. And, and sometimes it's the combination of the two, our own poor decisions and someone else who also made a poor decision. I mean, just before the last recession, someone I wholeheartedly trusted encouraged me to make what he considered a no-fail investment. It was a no-miss investment. And I did. It failed miserably. And sometimes we can find no explanation for our suffering. There's no good answer to the why question. And then well-intentioned people, they try to provide answers, but we all know those well-worded cliches help not at all. And so I'm gonna be straightforward with you. We're not always gonna be able to give a reason for our suffering. I mean, sometimes there just isn't an honest answer to the why question. But what we want to suggest today is that there is a more important question than the why question. And it's this question right here. How will we respond to the suffering? How will we respond to the suffering? Uh, In his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, 
Maybe you're familiar with it, Viktor Frankl. He chronicles his experiences in a, a number of concentration camps during World War II. He, he suffered through forced labor, brutal beatings, starvation, and then of course the constant threat of the gas chambers. And through this, Frankl discovered that there was one thing that could never be taken from a person, even in the worst suffering imaginable. And, and if you read the book, he, he talks about how those who lived in the concentration camps remember the people who walked through the huts, comforting others, even giving away their very last piece of bread. And he says, those people offered proof that everything can be taken from a person except one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's own way. To choose one's own way. And then he goes on to explain, he says, Suffering in and of itself is meaningless. We give our suffering meaning by the way in which we respond to it. Forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. Suffering in and of itself is meaningless, he says. And perhaps we need to remember that the next time we're offered a cliche, like everything happens for a reason. See, often there is no satisfying answer to the question, why? But we can give our suffering meaning by how we respond. I don't know what it is you're going through today. I don't know what you wrote down earlier when I asked you to write it down. I'm sure some of us are suffering physically, others financially. You might be suffering because of a broken relationship or maybe you're feeling the pain of no relationship. I don't know, maybe you're feeling the, the sting of poor choices that you know you made in the past. Or maybe you're just feeling incredibly lonely. As we seek to get through what we're going through, I can't offer you an answer to the question why, but perhaps we can encourage one another to make intentional choices about how we will respond. Let me just suggest two choices, and I, I would encourage you to write these two choices down, maybe on the notes tab or on a piece of paper. And the first one is this. First, we can choose to let suffering transform us. We can choose to let tr suffering transform us. I mean, think about this. You know, some people actually choose to suffer for the purpose of transformation. You want an example? I'll tell you what, uh, who here uh, has actually trained for a marathon? Wherever you are, just give me a thumbs up if you've trained for a marathon. I have, it was quite, quite a few years ago, but I, I remember it and I can tell you, I had to log, log countless miles, you know, through all kinds of weather, suffer through cramps and blisters and a restricted diet hours and hours away from my family. And why would I go through all that? So I could be transformed into the kind of person who could actually finish a 26.2 mile race, that's why. I mean, some people choose to fast from food for days, even weeks in order to grow a deeper faith. We all know stories of people who have given up a kidney so that a loved one could actually live. See, we're okay with suffering we choose when we choose it for ourselves. Why? Because we value the transformation. But here's something to consider. Unwanted suffering can also transform us. Unwanted suffering can also transform us. It can transform our character. It can transform our values. It can help us become more and more like Jesus who endured unbearable suffering. 
And I'm telling you this, if we allow God to transform us through this season of challenge faith right now, we might just find that a living faith begins to grow in us. Think about that. If we allow God to transform us through this season of challenged faith, we might just find that a living faith begins to grow in us. And that's a faith that doesn't depend on circumstances. <laughs> you know, James, the brother of Jesus, uh, he, he knew suffering and he wrote these words and he said that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and we have to let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Will you choose to let your suffering transform you? Will you? Uh, here, here's the second response we can choose. Write this down. We can choose to let suffering remind us of the bigger story. We can choose to let suffering remind us of, of the bigger story. Uh, let me ask you, do you think that Moses' life was a failure? Do you? Of course not. In fact, listen to how he is memorialized after he dies on the doorstep of the promised land. This is what we read about him. After he's gone, it says, since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. I think any one of us would love to have something like that said about us, wouldn't we? And to this day, Moses is considered one of the great heroes in all of history. His life was not a failure. His suffering was not meaningless. Moses played a huge part in the bigger story of God, helping people find their way back to him. And you know what? You and I have a role to play in it too. And it might just be that what you're going through right now is what God wants to use to equip you to play your part. And I'm telling you, if you choose to let him, God will use even the pain from this pandemic to write a story that is bigger than any story you or I could ever write on our own. And I was inspired by something really simple I saw on Facebook this week. Uh, Lisa and I, we have a friend in the city and she's had an incredible year of suffering. Uh, she closed a successful business that she started decades ago. Uh, she and her husband are gonna face some really tough financial choices. And then just about three weeks ago, her mother died. And now she's going through what we're all going through, this pandemic. And you know what? It'd be so easy for her, I know, to, to give up on God, to get super frustrated, angry, throw her hands up in the air. And I'm sure she's felt and expressed all of those things. And I hope she's expressed them to God even. But, but here's what she posted on Facebook. And it really inspired me. She wrote these words. She said, praying, meditating, work in that spiritual muscle really works. Try it if you're feeling worried. And then she said, your prayer could be really simple. Please give me peace, God. Please give me peace, God. Cry out and it will be given to you. You'll be amazed at the peace you feel even in this turbulent time. Love you all. That to me sounds like a living faith. You see, she's choosing to be reminded of the bigger story and she's letting God work through her to help others find their way back to him. And that reminds me of, of the words from that song Lucas and Evelyn wrote, help me in my unbelief, even when my eyes can't see. You're the name above all names. You're the name above the grave. And folks, that name above the grave is Jesus. Jesus, the one who went through unimaginable suffering and overcame death so that we can be certain how the story ends. 
So what is it that you're going through? Will you let it transform you? Will you let it move you toward a living faith? Will you let what you're going through remind you of God's bigger story? Will you? Let's pray. Father God, help us in this season of challenged faith. Lord, help us to, to let it transform us, moving us toward a living faith. God, help us to let it remind us of, of you, Jesus, and your bigger story of grace and redemption. God, help us in our unbelief. Even when our eyes can't see, you are the name above all names. You are the name above the grave. In the holy and precious name of Jesus, amen.